Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. It's a big and potentially busy year for a lot of wealth management outfits, especially with a lot of risks to navigate and also changing attitudes among many of their customers, both current and among the customers of tomorrow. Well, Refinitiv and the London Stock Exchange Group recently put out an interesting wealth management report that talks about how APAC investors are different from their global peers and also dissecting the different attitudes across several fronts that wealth managers might need to take into account. Well, Sabrina Bailey, who's the global head of wealth data and analytics at LSEG, joins us today on Money FM 89.3 to help us understand the uh, implications and uh, also to parse through the main details of this report. Sabrina, thank you so much for making some time for us uh, this afternoon and thank and welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great afternoon here in Singapore. I am, thank you. And it is my honor to be invited to speak today. All right. So Sabrina, let's talk for, uh, let me just uh, give you the floor uh, now to talk to us about what the report is and how the survey was conducted based on countries and the profiles of those surveyed by the, by the folks at Refinitiv. Yes, so the report was based on research commissioned by Refinitiv, where we surveyed more than 1,500 investors, those that are self-directed through advised mass affluent and high net worth individuals, located across 13 countries, including Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, Monaco, Germany, Hong Kong, Japan, Mexico, Singapore, Mm -hmm. Switzerland, the UK, and the US. All right. So um, you let off in the report by stating that investors have more in common than we think across some of these demographics. How do the findings show that? And why do you think that is, Sabrina? First and foremost, if you look at the number of individuals across the survey and the way they want to connect through digital channels, there's a lot of consistency there and a significant preference um, the similar significantly similar preferences across all age groups, with actually a preference for website first, followed by a mobile. In fact, two thirds of the investors across every age group preferred to interact with a website over 50% on a mobile app. Um, the main difference we see in terms of the way individuals are looking to engage, and this is globally, was really relative to age. So above the age of 54, slightly more wanted to view information on a PC or a tablet versus a mobile app. In large part, we believe that's because the way the size data needs to be on a mobile app is much smaller. So we expect actually and hypothesize we'll continue to see a preference for the larger viewing screens as individuals get older. In addition, we found that a huge commonality between everybody was that 50% of people are willing to pay more for personalized experiences in the investment space. And then the third is when choosing an advisor, the investors are relatively consistent across all age groups, demographics, geographies, in terms of the top criteria, which are really fee-based first and performance second. Okay. Now, Sabrina, we've noted for a while now that younger investors are becoming more focused and interested in ESG considerations. It seems the report seems to sort of highlight that. Can you talk to us about what the findings say about the role of ESG investments now in a modern investor's portfolio? Yes. 
the survey, in terms of the survey, over half of the investors we surveyed globally and 52% of investors in Asia Pacific said they're familiar with sustainable investments. And 67% of investors in Asia Pacific say they currently are looking at including or include some type of ESG or sustainable investments in their portfolio. When we asked this question earlier on, ESG was not nearly as high pre-pandemic times in terms of both knowledge and interest. In fact, uh, previously to this survey, only about 30% of investors ever highlighted the desire to look into or potentially invest in ESG, um, whereas now many consider it a marker of what they look at. In terms of how the views have changed as well, so over the last 12 months, 78% of Asia Pacific investors said they're more willing to consider ESG, driven by a better understanding of what ESG investments are and the companies that they care about, how those impact either the society, the environment, uh, or the people that they're investing in. One thing we found, though, is that it, interestingly enough, self-directed investors actually s- proclaim to have more knowledge on ESG than those that are advisor-led. So about 44% of advisor-led investor groups globally said they're familiar with ESG versus 53% of self-directed investors. All right. So, you know, um, when we look at ESG, uh, it, it could be a confluence of factors. What do you think might be driving the interest? Is it because people have more awareness of it, as you as you mentioned a while ago? Is it because there is a sort of a moral uh, importance that was highlighted during the COVID-19 pandemic that makes people more willing to adopt these? Is it perhaps the fact that ESG might actually be proving to be to outperform other asset classes? Do you think, Sabrina, it might be a hodgepodge of all three factors? So I will say we hypothesize it's a hodgepodge of all three factors. We don't have the data to support all three factors. So I want to be careful about just making assumptions. That said, the one piece we do have data on is that actually 42% of investors globally chose positive performance as the main reason they're interested in ESG-linked investing. I do, we do believe that's because of the amount of news that's coming out post pandemic in terms of ESG, but also the fact that people had more time that they were spending in in front of screens, quite literally, Mm -hmm. post the pandemic, when individuals were working from home, news on ESG was rising, societal impact and climate change became a much more broadly read about topic around the globe. And therefore, investors are now considering how they invest and tying it to positive performance of individual securities they invest in going forward. That's very interesting. And we are speaking to Sabrina Bailey, the Global Head of Wealth Data Analytics at London Stock Exchange Group here on Money FM 89.3. Now, when we talk about younger investors also, Jimmy, you know, there is, of course, that growing focus on digital assets and cryptocurrencies. It's often associated as being an asset class, or a, if we can call it that, of the investors of tomorrow. But there's so much going on and changing in this space. You have new coins, blockchain systems, NFTs being created almost every day. What do you think are the main challenges facing investors and their advisors in tackling this new space and making sure they're educated or informed enough to make informed investment decisions if they want to take that bold leap into the into the uh, into the digital space in, in terms of investments? There are two key challenges right now. The first is clarity and consistency of data 
yes, there is a lot of new solutions being launched, whether that's crypto, whether it's NFT, whether it's tokenized real assets, but who is backing that information? So that's number one. Number two is the security of investing in those solutions. So what's the cybersecurity like? We have seen cybersecurity issues with some of these new digital and crypto assets historically. The third, and this is really important in terms of tokenized assets, is who custodies the token. There's Mm. a big risk an individual holds holds that token, uh, that token, and we've seen this in the news, the token is lost. So custody of tokens is a large area that we're exploring, we and the market itself is exploring in wealth management so that you could put a token in a trust and actually truly have and be able to track that token through the generations of wealth. In Asia Pacific, in particular, this is really important because for the most part, wealth is a newer market, in particular high net worth and ultra high net worth in Asia Pacific relative to, for example, the US. So there is a significantly broader market of first generation wealth customers in these this region. With that first generation, if that first generation of wealth is buying digital assets, cryptocurrencies, in order to pass that down to the future generations, that token needs to be held and secured in trust somewhere where that can actually be feasible versus where it's stored today. So more to come in terms of how we're going to address the clarity and consistency of information, the cybersecurity risks, and holding those tokens in trust to be able to be passed down to future generations as part of a legacy that individuals leave for their heirs. Fascinating indeed. Now, Sabrina, I do want to ask you and perhaps round this interview off with this one question. You did mention that the report talks about the role of technology becoming an even more prominent factor for the modern investor. However, we do know that wealth management and investment advisory still has a personal factor or touch, some people might say, that needs to be considered. How important or how challenging is it to try to balance the need for technology with these more um, personal factors that are very ever-present and very much define what wealth management has been, perhaps since the inception of of the industry? It is a challenge. And interestingly enough, the challenge is what are the right insights to serve through the digital channel? So again, our survey showed 57% of investors across the globe prefer to communicate via mobile. In-person meetings, though, are still at almost 50%. We do not expect that to change because wealth management, like going to see a doctor, there are things that are going to be very personalized and conversations people want to have with the advisor The bigger question is, how do we take all the data we have as an industry and serve up the right insights to the investors through the mobile app, through push notifications, so that they are informed while creating an open channel to have a more robust conversation and dialogue with their advisor. In Asia Pacific specifically, an area that we see of increased interest in this space is actually the fullness of financial planning which is more developed in other parts of the world, but really shifting that relationship manager's focus from one of investment only to the whole wealth spectrum that their clients are looking for. And in order to shift that focus, the relationship managers need more training on all of the circumstances that may impact their customer's life from the wealth management standpoint, whether that be insurance, all the way to loans, through to the investments. 
To do that, they've got to be able to scale themselves. Digital engagement and insights are the way that they can do that at scale so that those conversations with end investors are truly robust. And if our listeners would like to know more, I would encourage our listeners to uh, go ahead and look for Refinitiv's 2022 Wealth Management Report to get more insights into how the wealth management industry, even here in Asia Pacific, are reacting to these shifting changes and trends. But for now, I'd like to thank Sabrina Bailey, the Global Head of Wealth Data and Analytics at the London Stock Exchange Group, for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 and sharing with us the report's key findings. Sabrina, it's a great pleasure to meet you. We hope we can uh, get you back on the show in the future. Meanwhile, stay safe, and we hope you have a great afternoon ahead, ma'am. Thank you. You as well. It was a pleasure being on the show. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.